0: Break through, breakthrough, 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 break through, break, breakthrough. Breakthrough. break through, break through. Break, you are now listening to Breakthrough News. <laughs> <laughs> it's 5 p.m. You're listening to Breakthrough News and this the Punch Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are back here with you on the Punch Out 3 3 2021, Wednesday, the 3rd of March. We are very happy to be back with you here on The Punch Out. And we got a lot for you here, as we always do at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Breakthrough News. We're going to be talking about pharmacy deserts that threaten the vaccine drive. We're also going to be talking about Israel's apartheid policies. And before we get to either of those two stories, we're going to be talking about the governor of Texas, Governor Abbott, just wishing death on his own constituents. But before we get to that, I also want to mention, of course, at the top of the show, that we also have our patrons-only version of The Punch-Out that is coming out here later today as well. So the only way you're going to be able to get that is if you're a patron. Go to patreon.com slash breakthrough news. We're going to be talking quite a bit about some of the new uh, scheming, as it were, around the new Cold War, this new report about the artificial intelligence race between the U.S. and China that was delivered to the government this week and how, it really, even more deeply than the other evidence we have out there, solidifies that the elites in this country are moving towards a new Cold War with China, which obviously has drastic, drastic consequences. But again, that's Patreon only. So patreon.com slash breakthrough news, become a patron, and you will be able to hear that. But we will get on here with the punch out here today, starting again with the just Unbelievable situation as it concerns coronavirus and COVID 19 public health restrictions in Texas. Well, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, just a couple weeks after presiding over a massive utility disaster, has, as of yesterday, lifted the state of Texas statewide mask mandate and opened all businesses to 100% of their licensed capacity. And his order also negates all local mask mandates, but businesses can decide for themselves whether to require them or not. Abbott stated that the statewide mandates of these types were, quote, no longer necessary. So yes, that's right. Everything in Texas, 100% open, and there is no statewide mandate on masks. And Abbott's rationale was just filled with bizarre claims. Basically, it boils down to this. Since most people who get COVID nineteen do not die, and there are fewer active cases now than in November, he says. Plus, there have vaccines rolling out. Plus, that there is more improvements in the treatment of COVID. COVID that it really isn't all that bad. We just don't even need these mandates. It's just everything's great. That's pretty much what he's saying. Or he's not saying it's great, but he's saying it's trending in a way that there's no more need for a mask mandate or to have businesses closed in any way, shape, or form at all. Now, this is just really. Impossible to understand. Texas is still at extreme risk. No numbers bear out what he is saying is being legitimate here. 44,000 people have died of COVID-19 already in the state of Texas. 2.6 million have been infected. And the current situation is definitely not good. In fact, Abbott's claims that the worst is essentially over are just outright delusional. 275 people died of COVID-19 yesterday. Over the past seven days, an average of 232 people have died of COVID-19 every day, 232 people every day for the past week. Texas as a whole has seen a 3% increase in deaths over the last 14 days. The risk of getting COVID-19, the official risk level in Harris County, that's where Houston is, the largest county in the state in terms of population, the state risk, the official risk is extremely high. That's the risk of getting COVID-19. It's extremely high. 232 people have died a day over the past seven days in Texas, a 3% increase in deaths over the last 14 days. Now, it is true that the, as noted by the governor, by the way, that the number of hospitalizations is down 28% over the last two weeks in Texas. But what does that really mean in real terms? 5,644 people were hospitalized in the state of Texas yesterday. Governor Abbott noted that there are the fewest active cases, he says, of COVID since November. But the seven-day average of hospitalizations as of yesterday is over 1,000 people higher than it was on November 3rd. So November, that's when he's saying it was so great, 1,000 more people than this time in November are going to the hospital every single day on average, 1,000 more. On November 3rd, 96 people died of COVID-19 in Texas. Just to remind you, yesterday, 275 people died of COVID-19 in Texas. As for the vaccination issue, as of Monday, only 6% of the state was vaccinated. And of course, a minimum of 75% is needed to reach herd immunity. Could be even higher than that. So when you put it all together, basically nothing said by the governor is true. It's all just sophistry and manipulation of statistics. Clearly the risk of contracting COVID in Texas is very high and the risk of dying is not small. Over 44,000 people have died in Texas so far, 500,000 in the United States. That's more than all the US soldiers in World War II. Yet the governor of Texas does not care at all about his own constituents it seems. Which I guess shouldn't really be a surprise. This is the same guy who appointed regulators that looked the other way on utilities cutting corners too. And we all see how that ended up. Many more people will now die than is necessary. For no reason other than elites as represented by politicians like Governor Abbott would rather offer up a mass sacrifice than take serious measures to curb the virus that may take a bite out of profits. (laughs) Israel is in the midst of one of its mass arrest campaigns of Palestinian leaders, most recently Monday, arresting Palestinian lawmaker Halida Jarrar and sentencing her to two years in prison, a $1,200 fine, and a suspended sentence of one year. Jarrar is already imprisoned, previously arrested in October of of 2019, just eight months after being released from a 20-month sentence. In both of the last two instances, Jarrar is being held without any sort of charge And this time is implicated only and explicitly for her political activities as a member of the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, a leftist political organization. And her arrest comes unsurprisingly as Palestine is gearing up for elections in May and July, the first since 2006, and they come amidst other arrests. In recent weeks, Israel has arrested a number of Hamas officials and also extended administrative detention of other activists affiliated with other factions that are known to be critical of the Palestinian Authority and staunch opponents of Israeli apartheid. And it's part of a long history of Israel jailing Palestinian leaders to weaken the overall resistance to their occupation and weaken factions less likely to collaborate with Israel and the United States in limiting the capacity for Palestinian resistance purely to channels uh, of, so far, totally ineffectual international diplomacy. Undoubtedly, this recent wave of arrest is designed to do the same. It comes as Israel's occupation policies continue to come under uh, fire around the world. New Zealand's National Pension Fund, for instance, has now divested from five Israeli banks recently because of their work supporting illegal settlements in Palestine. And as they when they announced this, they explicitly noted that New Zealand had voted in 2016 for UN Security Council Resolution 2334, which reaffirms the illegality of the settlements being built. And they also noted statements by the Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, that he's going to continue to proceed with large-scale annexations uh, of land and building many more settlements, which, again, are illegal under international law. So the move is certainly limited. It's not a move out of Israeli investments overall for the New Zealand state pension fund, but it is a sign that Israel's policies are becoming less and less defensible, even for their allies. Long time coming, maybe, but still welcome changes. We may have heard of food deserts, but you probably have never heard of pharmacy deserts. But yes, they exist, and yes, the concept is the same. There are increasingly large numbers of places, more or less exclusively rural areas, without pharmacies, and also without significant medical facilities of any sort, leaving a real gap in the ability to get all sorts of medicines and medical care but notably a gap in vaccination cap- cap- capabilities for covid-19 is maybe the biggest implication right now as kaiser health news summarizes quote a recent analysis by the rural policy research institute found that 111 rural counties mostly between the mississippi river and the rocky mountains have no pharmacy that can give the vaccines 111 rural counties no pharmacy that can give the vaccines Deanne Gallegos, a spokesperson for the San Juan County Health Department in southwestern Colorado, told reporters, quote, we have no medical infrastructure. We don't even have a doctor, end quote. And so her public health department is trying to fill the gap best they can. But as she notes, quote, it's our responsibility to make appointments, manage the data, make contact, receive phone calls. When you don't have the staff or the budget to hire additional staff, that also makes it very difficult, end quote. From 2003 to 2018, 1,231 independent rural pharmacies closed. As Kaiser put it, quote, the changing economics in the pharmacy industry did them in. A combination of national pharmacy chains expanding and consolidating, big, bo- big box stores and supermarkets opening their own competing pharmacies, and pharmacy benefit managers eating into small pharmacy profits. Mail order off- uh, options often siphoned off more of the business, end quote. And what they really mean there is that big companies with lots of money preyed on the fact that people have stagnating wages, and so they offer worse but comparable services through the mail. Maybe if you have to drive a little further, but you go to a Walmart or whatever it may be, they offer comparable but worse services for less, putting many of these pharmacies out of business. And this is doubly compounded by the fact that rural hospitals have also been closing in large numbers as well. Remember what the San Juan County official said, we don't even have a doctor. So overall access to medical care is just harder in general. And certainly, again, this puts double uh, 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 of the... the The pressure vis-a-vis the vaccines, many of these places have no pharmacies, no hospitals. 2019 was actually the worst year for rural hospital closures in the last 10 years. 19 rural hospitals closed. Over the last 10 years, 7% of all rural hospitals have closed, 7%. The main reason for that is the lack of Medicaid expansion. Because that means many rural areas actually can't support hospitals. Because they don't have enough people who make enough money to cover the rising costs of all aspects of healthcare. So, bottom line an increasing number of communities are lacking access to medical care and pharmaceutical drugs purely because medicine is operated for profit, not for people's needs. The pandemic is just exposing what was already a huge problem, and yet another reason the only humane solution to addressing healthcare is universal healthcare. And that's going to do it for us here today on The Punch-Out 3 But of course, our patrons-only edition of The Punch-Out is also going to be here today. We're going to be talking more about the moves towards a new Cold War with China, some of the information that's coming out, some of the big government reports. It's patrons-only. Patreon.com slash Breakthrough News. Become a patron and you will be able to hear that edition of The Punch-Out as well. That will do it for this edition of The Punch-Out here on Breakthrough News. But we will be back with you tomorrow, as we always are, at 5pm. Eastern Standard Time.